welcome to another episode of Stargirl Podcast. Uh, this is Lissy, and I'm here with Angie. And today we are here to talk about this week's episode called Brainwave Junior. And what an episode. Um, I think this is a, the episode everything has been building toward, even though it's not the last episode. Uh, so we're just going to try to keep the screaming to a minimum. Um, it's probably going to be hard, but we're going to try. Uh, but before we go into the episode, I sort of wanted to bring up um, an article that came out this week where Angelica Washington was talking about um, having a double, a stunt double, um, a white person in blackface as her stunt double on another show. Uh, this happened three years ago, but she's talking about it now, I hope, because Stargirl has been doing well and it's made her feel like she can put her voice out there to say these things. And I, I don't think, I think Angie agrees with me that there's not even much to say here other than this is bad Hollywood. Don't do this. I um, still, I didn't know that that was happening. I wasn't right. aware that this was even an issue. I assumed that they had black people or indeed anyone who's like not pale to do various stunt work. Like I, I, I'm glad this article came out because it was something that didn't even occur to me that would be an issue today. But the fact that it happened three years ago is really I, disappointing. But I also think the way it's faced is a lie. It's like, we couldn't find a black stunt double lie. It's lie. like when they it's like when they say, we can't find anyone who speaks good Spanish for this movie. It's like, in LA, are you for real? I know, you can't find stunt people. Have you been on Instagram at all, my dudes? Like, there is no excuse. Right. They just didn't want to because they probably had a person already. It was easier. So just let's just put this person in blackface. Like I'm glad that Angelica called it out. I'm glad that she is able to use her platform in this way. And hopefully it will help move the conversation along with more opportunities for specifically black people in the entertainment industry. Seriously. Yes. Um, and as to people who cover Stargirl, who are talking Stargirl all the time, we just want to say we're really proud of the fact that she's using her voice for this. And we absolutely support her 100%. Definitely. Yes. And now it's time for the screaming. Because, oh my God. <laughs> I mean, part of me would like to show you the messages we were sending to each other back and forth as we watched this episode because we didn't watch at the same time. And when I watched, I watched a little before Angie, I had a legitimately like a heart attack and I was like, I need someone to talk to or I'm gonna like explode. Um, and I think it all starts with me saying, I actually have so many feelings about Henry Jr. I never thought I would be here. Um, so yes, how do you feel about that, Angie? I I was just stunned. Just like that is the only word to describe what I was feeling because I had no idea that my heart could be overwhelmed with feels for Henry freaking Jr. of all people, <laughs> like the character that we've been kind of complaining about this whole time. We're like, "Oh, he doesn't have a personality." I don't see what he has with Cindy. I don't see what he has with Yolanda. Blah, blah, blah. We didn't really, like, care about what he was doing, really. And now I care so much. Right. And then that final scene, when, when we start talking about kind of, like, the final scene of the episode, I was just, 
stunt. <laughs> right. And, and I think, I, I want to be fair, there have been signs that could have been leading to something with Henry Jr. We saw them. We just sort of dismissed them because shows are not always good at paying off those things. And we, I think we didn't want to be like, oh, yeah, these are the signs he's going to have a good arc that we're going to be proud of because we don't trust um, TV in general or entertainment mm-hmm. in general to actually deliver those things. But now that we have this episode, you can look back and see the signs of what his character arc was always supposed to be and be like, mm, this is actually really well done. Mm-hmm. We have definitely been burned before in the superhero genre as far as poorly handled like redemption type arcs and I think oh who knows what happened to him if I mean we didn't see a body so if somehow he's able to come back I think I would be really interested to see what that would look like as far as his relationships with the people in the JSA. I don't think if they bring him back, and let's be clear, um, I think the show is trying to send the message that he's dead. Um, let's also be clear, this is a superhero show. And we know in comics, no one is ever really dead. There's always a way mm-hmm. to bring him back. And considering Dragon King is right there, I would put nothing past the ISA. Like, That's and I true. Would, right? And I wouldn't even put them somehow bringing him back or like making it so he doesn't die and then brainwashing him as well like there's nothing i would put past them i just don't think this is a season one storyline if it's something they want to do because we just have three episodes left Mm -hmm. i think he's dead as far as season one is concerned who knows what's going to happen in the next season like especially with what his powers are like because he has the ability to like manipulate objects and force i think like potentially his body could have found a way to like protect himself as he was being buried by the rubble and then maybe he like went and died or something like that's my only way of like trying to explain it but you're right i don't think we're gonna see any more of him from season one at least i hope not because yes they gave us a lot of payoff in this episode as far as things they've been setting up all season but still going to take a couple of episodes to really get into it. And I think the Henry Jr. stuff is done for now. Yeah, and I actually think that just makes his sacrifice, or whatever he did, it doesn't even have to be a sacrifice in the end, but it has to feel like it meant something, especially when that shot we get of the four of them, like the level of feeling there, not just from Courtney, who is a precious unicorn and already had found in her mind that she cared for Henry Jr. But from Yolanda and Rick, even Rick looked like he was <laughs> legitimately heartbroken. And Rick does not have many feelings, okay? Rick doesn't really have an emotional spectrum. Like, he feels one emotion, and that emotion is anger. Yes. So the fact that he was able to feel anything other than anger that we could, like, recognize and see, that is a huge deal for him. Yes, and and I I think it was a brilliant episode. It was really really well done, and acting wise, like I I know again that they've had moments, um, but there have been like that final scene. I think we're talking about young performers here. Yeah, I think they all did such a great job. They're even they don't even have that many lines in that 
in that final moment where Henry Jr. is saving Courtney and basically everyone because he made sure everyone went through first. Uh, and then in, he and and Rick had a, like a little stand-up moment where Rick didn't want to sort of like the macho, I'm the one with the big powers uh, kind of thing. And then Rick sort of listens. And then Courtney being Courtney, she has to be thrown over the thing. Uh, <laughs> because Courtney. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, but I think the the level of acting that we got from the five of them in that moment um, is something that is worth mentioning because... It was really, really good. Mm-hmm. His uh, specifically shout out to Jake Austin Walker for his performance as Brainwave Jr. in this episode. He I it is because of him really like I'm pretty sure it's like a combination of this actor and the story that we got out of episode 10 that really turned me around to like having feelings for about this character and what he's going through. And also, lest we not forget, the actor um, who was who plays Brainwave, his dad, holy crap, the way that he delivered the Jordan didn't kill your mother, I did line. Because right. that is when I, I literally, like, clutched my chest and went, <gasps> and I, I got just... <laughs> like, like, chills. It's one of those moments where you're like, oh, my God. I literally. could not. I, that's when so at one point I found that my face was frozen in a specific horrified facial expression so I took a selfie of exactly what my face looked like and sent it to Lizzie because I needed yeah. her to know how I was dealing with this final scene because I think you had finished I think you finished the episode and then immediately I started watching so you were alone in your feelings for like 40 minutes right Horrible. I had like all of my feelings at once and you had to help me unpack them <laughs> it was like the longest 40 minutes of my life i'ma be I, honest there was just like i know we're still talking about this final scene and obviously so much happened in this episode that we're also going to get into too but another thing that lizzie and i talked about um as we were messaging back and forth about our feelings, was Junior's apology right. to Yolanda? Yeah. Yes. Get into that, Lizzie. Right. Um, I mean, I think there was a point to be made about him saying, look, it wasn't me who sent the pictures, but he didn't. And I really appreciate that because we as the viewers know it wasn't him or it wasn't just him, but that doesn't excuse the way he behaved. And I think it's really important that the show understood that and had the apology been like I did badly and there is no excuse for what I did so I'm sorry and I'm gonna try to do better instead of well actually which is so much the type of apology we usually get <laughs> that's the well actually apology from well-meaning dudes right. yeah yeah and I think it would have also taken some of the like uh the like air out of the scene you know what I mean like because that would take mm -hmm. too much time he's gonna like stand there outside of like the like bars and be like actually Yolanda I want you to know um <laughs> this wasn't actually me hold on dad hold on dad um so Cindy hacked my phone and so on so on so on like there there wasn't the time it wasn't the moment and I liked that he recognized his role in it in what happened with Yolanda however big before he made that sacrifice yeah, I, I think it it 
surprisingly, I think part of the, the storyline with Henry Jr. in this episode is that it, it was like two seconds, but he found a team. And he Aww. found sort of like when Courtney hugged him and then like Courtney was like, oh, so you're my cousin. Big hug of your family. Courtney was having issues too. Like we're going to get into the family issues with Courtney later. Um, but right in the, just in the moment that Courtney was having this family issues, she finds Henry Jr. And she thinks, and I'm, I'm going to continue with the things because pretty sure Starman is not really her dad, despite the fact that she's going to stay in that hill forever. Um, mm. So she thinks Henry Jr. is her cousin. And then she's like desperate for that family connection. And he doesn't seem that excited, but I, I wondered when was the last time someone hugged him in like not romantic, Cindy weird way. Um, maybe Yolanda in a romantic way and then in a familial way, like has he had anything since his mom died? That doesn't seem like the type of, you know, caring individual. Yeah, I don't know. There's kind of a stereotype of teenage boys having to be macho. I don't know if they like hug each other a lot. I don't remember like seeing that a lot when I was in high school. Hopefully society has progressed since then. But he certainly looked like he hadn't been given a like warm bear hug in a long time. He just like mm-hmm. legitimately didn't know what to do with her. He was like, oh, okay. <laughs> right. Just like, gently kind of like easing her off of him because he just didn't know what to do. Right. And, and it felt to me, even in the, that final scene that we keep coming back to, it felt to me like... I could have seen a relationship with him, with every one of the JSA members, even Rick, again, who is not a dude that is, he he doesn't relate to people real well. And he had every right to be very angry at Henry Jr. before. And I have actually appreciated Rick being angry at Henry Jr. before and being firmly on Yolanda's side because I think mm-hmm. he had to be. Um, mm-hmm. th- there was room for Courtney and Beth to sort of waver, but there was no room for Rick in my mind, um, especially because of the way he's behaved. We needed him to be like, you can be an ass, but there are lines and Henry crossed it. And I think we talked about mm-hmm. this before. So I really did appreciate that from Rick, but I also appreciated that this episode made us hope and sort of want Henry Jr. was part of the team when at the beginning when Courtney first suggested it we were like wait what no Mm -hmm. let's go back to um Courtney in this episode in general because another thing that (laughs) another thing that Lizzie and I texted about quite a lot before we started recording was in all caps OMG Courtney what are you saying (laughs) because God, Courtney. We said in the last episode her pitches still need work and that is still the case at towards the beginning of this episode where yes. they're explaining to Barbara what's happening and she basically starts she starts Lizzie with your boss is a yeah. super villain and right. I'm a superhero therefore this is fine and right. it's not fine to come at your mom with all that information at once. No, and then it'll also be like, well, my dad was a superhero. You just didn't know. But I'm right and you're wrong. And then Pat's like, Courtney, shut up. You're making it worse for me. And I think Courtney legitimately did not understand why this was a Pat and Barbara thing in a way that Pat understood. And the thing is, Pat should have said something before, but Pat was trying to respect Courtney. 
but Courtney never respected Pat in the in the way this would affect Pat when her mom found out and she didn't legitimately didn't think of it and then when her mom got mad at Pat she tried to be like no no this isn't Pat's fault but in a way it is because Pat is the adult and at least Pat is self-aware enough to be like you know what this is on me you're a kid I I still true. I I still would have liked more of Courtney trying to defend Pat because those moments I live for but hopefully mm-hmm. we get more of that in like the last, next few episodes yeah, we're we're getting to we're getting to a dad line for sure. I thought it was interesting that Courtney said that being Star Girl is her birthright because I think if things go the way that we think it's going, she's going to realize that she didn't have to rely on something being her birthright after all and the whole innate power thing will be really cool to watch for as far as like Courtney being able to accept and harness her inner power and so on and so forth. But the other interesting thing um, that I thought of during that whole scene is when Barbara was saying, if this is remotely true, then our whole marriage is a lie. And to be fair, she's not wrong. Like that whole, like if you think about all of the different boy bands (laughs) that Pat has been in, that's a big part of his identity. And life experience if you're missing like a whole section of your significant other's life experience it's true like you feel like you don't really know that person and if you don't really know that person or that person doesn't trust you enough to like tell you about this part of the past I feel like that is kind of an issue so although Pat is my man I I understood where Barbara was coming from the fact that she sent him to sleep elsewhere I was like yeah, that that feels right to me. That feels like a reaction that I would have. How about you, Lizzie? I, I 100% agree. Um, this was one of the first superhero uh, shows where a reveal like that causes the natural reaction, which is, ah, uh, no. Um, that being said, <laughs> I do think Pat legitimately thought, like, so much of this is Courtney's fault and he's not going to say it. But he legitimately thought he'd put that part of the past behind. He was done with boy bands. He was done with everything. He put it all in a box. He, he, wasn't, even, he wasn't going around being striped or stripesy or whatever. Um, he legitimately put that behind. Even though he was sort of trying to poke around, considering how he behaved with Courtney, I think if he'd found the ISA, he would have told Barbara. The thing is, the thing that kept him from saying something is Courtney. Um, And, I mean, I like that Pat and Barbara sort of ended up working together. I think they're going to have to start, sort of start over the marriage, like, again, Mm -hmm. like, sort of get to know each other again. But I also think this will need to become a family thing, which means they're going to have to bring Mike into it. Because when Mike told Courtney, I thought we were a family. My heart. My heart. I'm like, no. And you can tell that Courtney wanted to tell him. And she should have. She really should have. Like, at this point, what, why are you keeping the secret from Mike if Barbara already knows? Like, I know Mike's a kid. But at this point, he'd be safer knowing. That's true. And as long as they're really clear about it being a family secret, I feel like it'll be fine if he knows things. And as far as, like... I think about poor Mike and what he's been through, you know, and he's so young and he like 
really felt at home with Courtney and Barbara. So, I mean, it was really sweet, though, how he, like, Amila's like, oh, dad, you're leaving? Well, it's always the two of us. I'm going to go with you. I thought that was a really sweet moment of solidarity between him and Pat. But at this point, we are thinking of them as a whole family. So I would make sense for Mike to find out, if not this season, very soon, like early in the second season for sure. Right. Uh, I I just, I, I think it's going to be a family thing. I don't, I don't know how they keep Mike out of it for too long and keep the family. And the fact that Barbara is now sort of involved um, into it. And I, I appreciate that she was angry. I appreciate that she threw, threw Pat out. But I also appreciate that she took a moment um, to try to figure it out before making a rash decision. Even though she was right to be angry, um, she could still be in danger. And I think she understands that if this is true and I leave, um, mm-hmm. I might still be in danger. So it's better for me to figure it out. Even though I think she was legitimately, I wrote down in my notes, when she leaves and she tells Courtney, stay here and pack. I was like, seriously, do you think <laughs> she's going to stay there and pack? Do you why know your that? daughter at all? <laughs> right? Like, why does everyone keep giving Courtney, like, the benefit of the doubt? She has not earned that. No, we know Courtney's going to court at all. <laughs> At all times. I thought that Barbara, Barbara having the foresight to record the McKents, I liked that a lot. She's clearly a smart cookie. Like, it seems like a very, like, Lois Lane type of move to me, which I like. And I think down the line, she can certainly be an asset for Courtney and Pat, too, in their superhero business of a family, perhaps. Um Also, I want to barf a little bit because the way that Jordan looks at her and how his, like, parents are talking about that, uh, gross, ew, confirmed that Jordan has feelings for Barbara. No, 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 thank you. But I like that it seems that Barbara is going to start, like, she's allowing the trust to build between she and Pat again. And that's a really cool thing to see just over like the course of one episode for her to be rightfully angry, but still like having enough trust and enough faith in her partner to be like, well, he wouldn't like hold this back from me to be malicious. Like that's not who Pat is. And she like, I think she does know who Pat is at his core, which is like what you hope for in a marriage. So I really, I just, I don't know. I was really in it with the whole like Pat and Barbara stuff this whole episode, especially what we saw at the beginning of the episode. Hey, it's so with, cute. With their little bananas, <laughs> their banana split. And, this, and the song choice, because the episode starts with Ain't No Mountain High. And mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, yeah, they, they are the only ship we have to squeeze over. So, <laughs> no, I do want to say, I don't know if this is the thing <coughs> that I that I keep seeing because they have no other choice in how they pair the kids in the JSA at this point. Um, and they did want to make a point, and I think it was a valid point with Courtney and Yolanda, um, that they sort of needed a moment because Courtney had a right to be mad that. Um, 
no, Yolanda had a right to be mad. Like Courtney seemed to be sort of taking Henry Jr.'s side. And Yolanda has a really good line when they're in school. And Yolanda's like, I'm going to help you just because you're going to do it anyway. But not mm -hmm. because I approve. Um, which is basically right. That's exactly what Courtney was going to do. And it shows that Yolanda really knows her friend. Um, but they have a really good moment fighting together in the end. Um, but that, and, and Yolanda wouldn't leave her alone with Henry Jr. But that again leaves Beth and Rick together by themselves like they have been a lot in the past few episodes and that also means that it comes down to beth again being the one to tell rick look dude control your anger issues for a second because you're gonna get us killed so really focus here rick please <laughs> and this is like the third time beth has had to do this and and rick even though he didn't want to even though it's just he has had to listen and I think they're building their connection. It doesn't necessarily have to be romantic. But it's a really good thing because I feel like characters like Beth don't get that kind of connection built for them on superhero shows. Yeah, I like I like that pairing. It's like an it's one of those like odd couple, like unlikely pairings, but it works because they're so different. And at least our boy Rick is learning about when to turn over his hourglass to kickstart right. his powers. <laughs> at, least, <laughs> at least he was in the face of the bad guy first before he turned it. I was, no lie, like really frustrated with Rick for that entire underground scene, though, because imagine if they were all together fighting Dragon King and his goons and everyone else in that big fight scene you know but on the flip side I did really enjoy how that fight scene really honed in on Yolanda for a bit and we got to really see her fighting multiple people and seeing how she works a room so to speak like I don't know a better word for it but you know how like those big cats in the wild like a panther or a lion how when they're running really fast all of their limbs are like spread and like uh parallel yeah. to the ground almost you know what i mean how she was yeah. like kind of just like bounding's not exactly the right word but the way that she was moving across the room so fast like a friggin panther i thought that, that was such a cool visual especially as she was like trying to get the staff for courtney i, I thought that fight scene was I mean, it really felt like the focus of the episode was that Henry Jr. was with them fighting. And that was good. And we've already talked a lot about Henry Jr. But I, I like that they gave sort of like a little moment to Corny and Yolanda, which is sort of like where this started. Uh, <laughs> they have like a special bond. And I appreciate that the show took a moment to sort of like clarify that despite everything right now everything was fine between them and i like that despite the issues i have with some of the characters by themselves at the end when they're all the four of them started standing there looking at what's happening to henry jr they feel like a family they feel like a team they feel like they're going through the the pain of what's happening together even though they're standing like yolanda turns to rick starts crying on his shoulder and, he, and part of me was like but like are you even like close friends but we are not seeing all the moments between them um 
And it's good to feel like they are a little unit. Mm -hmm. Despite Yolanda saying, as far as I'm concerned, we're not friends anymore to Courtney. She certainly comes through for Courtney in the assist. And, you know, that really is a marker of a real friend. I think that they do, the two of them do have a lot of like trust built up so that even though Courtney hurt Yolanda's feelings by kind of bringing Henry Jr. into the mix, Yolanda still shows up and that's a best friend for you. I hope that they get to develop that like really like best friendship relationship or indeed even if they want to go romantic i'm fine with that too as i said i certainly hope we get more of that (laughs) we 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 both agree there um and i i mean i think sort of like i really like that the message of this episode despite the fact that it was presumably it was called brainwave jr and the, the previous episode was called brainwave i i feel like they could have flipped the names this one was more about brainwave and the previous one for me it was more about brainwave jr and like what was going on inside him but i really like that some of the last things henry said is he tells Gordon, you are right people are good right mm-hmm. after his dad was all like stand by me or not at all which <laughs> what a super villain line dude Seriously, and the the reveal about his mom um, being the sister of Starman, I was not expecting that. I did look into it, and it is, like, comics accurate. The Girl of a Thousand Faces is Mary, the gimmick girl from the comics who didn't have superpowers but had, like, weapons and gimmicks so she like used those to fight crime and she was related to Starman in the comics I didn't know that because I didn't I haven't read fully into the because there are so 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 yeah we read the Stargirl ones (laughs) yeah I never got into all of the history of the JSA but I did do my homework I looked it up and that's pretty cool that they were able to reference that like bit in the comics i'm sure some of you listening already knew that because you are in in the comics so much but i thought that that was really cool um and how that kind of like revelation leads junior on his revenge quest kind of against jordan but then you know how that all turns out this episode man the way that it just kept like the momentum of it just kept going 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 it felt like i didn't have a moment to breathe like thank god for the staff just like being funny and trying to wake up courtney and like the staff goes off on its own i was like oh thank god a comedic moment like (laughs) right even though i was like god the staff and courtney belong with each other like they're both doing dumb ass things it's like god god don't you like how she pets it all right, like, like a dog. Like a dog, exactly. And then, how did the staff just decide to go on go on its own little quest? Like it didn't just go around the house. It didn't just go to the school or something. It like tried to find Pat, and then it was like, you know what? No one wants to help me. I'm just gonna go to the hospital by myself. Like, what? What other like superhero? object is there that does stuff like that i'm like i I can't think of many examples not me either and i i like in a way that it feels like they have the same personality courtney and the staff 
uh, that's sort of funny and it, it makes that that they go well together and i wouldn't want the goggles or anything like that to have a mind of their own oh that'd um, be terrifying that'd be, that'd be super super <laughs> creepy <laughs> <laughs> the goggles um, trying to like latch on to different faces that's like my nightmare as someone who who uses glasses i would not want that <laughs> right um and like i know this has nothing to do with what we're talking about but like while we're talking about the goggles when is hoodie gonna come like what where is, is he this would have been a great episode for him to come flying in right where is the owl right we miss the owl oh also <laughs> In a, in a different tangent, because Courtney was without her staff for a bit, wouldn't it have been great to see her use her belt more? Right. Like, her belt isn't just stylish. Like, it does stuff in the comics. I'm wondering if they're also saving that for, like, the season finale battle or something. Oh, yeah. Because, well, I mean, we've known the plan for a couple of episodes, and now they have... Well, I mean, Henry is gone, uh, but they have brainwaves, so the plan is going forward. And then I think we get, like, sort of a break with next episode, which is called Shining Night. Mm. So at least we're going to get someone else on our side before we have to go fight the fight or whatever. What did you think of Barbara's email? Oh, God, and then she got a response. Ooh, yeah. I mean, I I think that pretty much um, uh, confirms that Starman. I mean, we didn't think Starman was Courtney's dad, but if he she got a response, it wasn't Starman who was responding. Presumably, no. Presumably, no. Pretty because sure if he's, he's dead. yeah. Um, <laughs> but also, that is some like deadbeat dad move to like go missing for how long and then reply to a random email 10 years in i know where you been dude why didn't you show up to christmas that one year and if you don't show up to christmas that one year like fine but what's stopping you from showing up for the other christmases you buy and why are you unless somehow um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know because the ISA controls everything. Like, I I wouldn't be surprised if they were like, there was a level of monitoring going on. Like they they know what's happening with everyone's computers. Um, at least Barbara didn't. T- well, I mean, she was looking for stuff she shouldn't have been looking up and a word. But at least she didn't put what do, what do I do if Star Girls my daughter like. <laughs> What what a specific Google search. I mean, have you ever gone to Google and tried to look for something general and then Google gives you a suggestion that's super specific and you're like, do people look up things like this? Especially if it's like, how do I blank and it just fills it in for you? Right. And you're like, why are people looking up things so specifically weird? (laughs) So, I mean, who knows? God, that shot—the shot of like her receiving the email and then it pans down to what's happening underground. I was really impressed with that. Yeah, I, I think this episode did really well. As we talked before, with the shot at the end of Henry Jr. brainwave in the kids, um, mm-hmm. which again, like the, the episode ended, but like 
like if the next episode starts and they're all like at home i'll be like but how did you get out of there like i (laughs) because i legitimately don't think those um bars are gonna hold a brainwave for long unless rainbow is like i'm just gonna stay here and make sure my kid is dead like stab him a few times to make sure like you guys can go yeah you think uh Brainwave is probably a completionist. He is a scientist after all. He's probably going to see it all the way through. Um, I am surprised that <laughs> we saw what was under the hood. Oh, right. We for did. For Dragon King. And I literally wrote down, nope, nope, nope. Put the hood back on. Put it back on. <laughs> Never take it off, please. <laughs> he was right to threaten don't make me take off my hood because that was really gross. Yep. Um, and it also, well, I mean, now that we saw it, but I think there was a level of creepy that was different when we didn't know. Now That's when he true. puts it on, we'll be like, oh, but I know what's under it. So it's not the same. But still, it'd be better for us if he keeps it on. It just added that, like, extra punch to that whole fight scene i was i wasn't thinking that we would see that again until like the end of this season but they the fact that they put like that in there like they paid off that threat so soon this season finale is gonna be bananas imagine what they're saving yeah and it's a two-parter so i assume it's also episode 12 is gonna be like Let's see how we can end this at the worst possible moment. So, yeah. If you if, guys want a second to breathe, I suggest you enjoy the next episode as much as you can because I think the last two are going to be painful. Yeah, if we thought that we were screaming a lot when we watched this episode, I cannot imagine what's in store for us. We're going to have to get all our screaming done before we start recording. Right, if not, this is not going to be coherent at all. Like, God, the, the, we all need a, a, a second to process, and you guys have a second to process before you hear us talking about it. <laughs> Sometimes we don't have a lot of time to process before we come here try to talk to you about it. So this week we had a little more, and I appreciate it because we needed it. Oh, so much. Um. So, yeah, I think this is pretty much the whole thing like i i really want to maybe repeat this but like when you write a good character where you write a good character arc um and you have an actor that can deliver you can take a a, a character from one of the boys that we didn't couldn't even keep straight one from the other to us being like oh my god henry jr why like, I will just like to hug you and protect you. Um, mm-hmm. And that that's a really good, I think, example of a lot of what Stargirl has done right in the first season. Um, good writing, tight writing. I think they've benefited so much from having 13 episodes. I hope when they go to the CW, they don't want to give me 20-something episodes. Oh, For I the know. love of God, do I not. Know. I think that it that speaks to the quality of this show is that they kept it tight and they knew that they had all these characters and all of these things that they wanted to accomplish and damn they're doing it and the fact that they were able to pay that off this is only episode 10 it took them 
less than 10 hours to make us feel this way about a boy that we forgot about legitimately in like the pilot episode that's impressive it is and and i mean i can now keep all the white boys straight like i know who is who so <laughs> i mean that person who complained like you should be proud of it me right i now. know that person probably isn't listening anymore let's be honest Right. Um, but I, that that speaks to good writing, um, that they made it so the characters were different from each other. And because even though there was there is nothing similar about Rick, Cameron and Henry Jr. Nothing. Definitely. Um, and so, yes, though, I, I the thing about this that worries me and I'm going to say it before we sort of. And this episode, considering that we only have three left, is that if Henry followed this path, I don't foresee Cameron is going to have the same path. Because you don't tell the same story twice. So, even though Cameron seems like a sweet kid who would not hurt a fly, I mean, the grandparents seemed sweet also before they spoke. (laughs) Before we knew what they were actually saying. Right, when we didn't understand them, they looked super cute. They look sweet. Yeah. Oh, no. Whenever that happens, I'm just going to... I won't be screaming, but I'll just be groaning. Just why? No. No, Cameron. But you're right. Why would they repeat that same arc type again? Oh, I'm actually, like, covering my face with my hands right now because I can't even deal with it. <laughs> And then next episode, we are going to revisit Pat's original boy band. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Hopefully with uh, some background vocals by Barbara, who's going to come into it. (laughs) She's like in the background snapping and vocalizing. (laughs) I mean, I mean, they need her. And I hope we also get some family meeting like they we needed because I mean Barbara has now talked to Pat about all the lies she still needs to have a conversation with her daughter who is not an innocent here like she wanted I know and because Pat's the person she's in a relationship with and Pat's the adult so I understand her being angrier at Pat and I understand her uh feeling like Pat was the person she had to talk to but she really does need to have a talk with Courtney too um because the dynamics of this season has been Pat trying to keep Courtney from doing things, not Pat pushing Courtney to do things. And she's a mom, so she should know that and hopefully get in there. And it's not that I think Courtney is going to listen to her more, but she should still get to say things because she's her mom. I also think that we shouldn't forget about Rex Tyler's journal, which also got a cameo in this episode. I right. think that we're going to get more of that as we head into the finale, too. So let's let's keep that in the back of our brains, along with a lot of other thoughts and feelings. So many things. Share them with us. So many and, things. Yeah. Right. Like so many things that they sort of um, teased and have not completely paid off. And I know they can't pay all of them off this season, but... I mean, at least the Rick one, I, I hope, gets a payoff in this season. Especially as a Rick, despite the little moments, has felt like the character that has grown less. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can't 
Rick's uh, growth cannot be made up with just little moments. He needs a big moment sometime soon um, where he has other feelings than rage and anger and yeah. protective anger. Like, they're all levels of anger. Like, right. even when he was, like, trying to protect Courtney or Yolanda, he was still angry. There are levels of the same emotion. Like, I need a different emotion from Rick. And I like Rick. Um, and But he is the character that I feel less like I would grab him and hold him and want to protect him from the world um so yeah that 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 would be a good thing for me to be all like i just love these four kids um mm -hmm. instead of being like i love three and a half of them <laughs> <laughs> yeah i love the girls and when rick is using his anger to protect the girls like i would like that moment to be like oh i just love rick right rick. yeah right Right. Um, so, yes, I think that's it for this episode. You should be really glad we did not record our first impressions because they would be like, ah! <laughs> right. <laughs> um, okay, so you can visit StarGirlPodcast.com for all the latest news about the StarGirl show. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at StarGirl Podcast as well. You can subscribe to StarGirl Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. And while you're on Apple Podcasts, hit us up with some five-star reviews. And don't forget that we are part of the DCTV Podcast Network with podcasts for all the DC shows at dctvpodcast.com. You can follow the network on social media at DCTV Podcasts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And last, please subscribe to our mega feed on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. We also have our own T Public store. So if you are interested in DC TV related merchandise, click on the link in the show notes and get some awesome gear. It does help support the network so we can continue to make these podcasts. If you have questions, thoughts, feelings you want to scream about about the Stargirl show, please email us at stargirlpodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter. We're really responsive there too. Bye. Bye.